Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth. And is it oh so luxurious, made ever more luxurious by my co-host, Tom Dorian. Thank you so much. How are you? Nice. Was it? I'm well. How are you? I am doing so well. You look well. Uh, I I I'm I'm feeling well. Fantastic. And I think some <laughs> of it is because I've recognized the fact that I've had all my sacraments of initiation. There you go. Correct. And so I now feel like a complete person. We're all just waiting for the bridge. That's right. Well, that's what the we're going to talk about today. We we've talked about the sacraments of initiation. We've talked about. Um, the idea behind RCIA, and you right. had this idea. So, you know, we need to do a show Genius. about the Holy Spirit. Perfect. We need to talk about confirmation. Absolutely. And so that's what we decided we're going to talk about today because it's an important, important sacrament. It is. And I think, unfortunately, too many people don't realize the importance of the sacrament of confirmation. I agree. And maybe the way we should start this conversation is let's first talk about, well, what does the Catholic Church teach about confirmation? Okay. Let's, and the, one of the best ways to do that is to uh, to read out of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. There you go. We're going to read paragraph 1285. Mm-hmm. All right. It says, Baptism, the Eucharist, and the Sacrament of Confirmation together constitute the sacraments of Christian initiation, whose unity must be safeguarded. It must be explained to the faithful that the reception of the sacrament of confirmation is necessary for the completion of baptismal grace. For by the sacrament of confirmation, the baptized are more perfectly bound to the church and are enriched with a special strength of the Holy Spirit. Hence they are, as true witnesses of Christ, more strictly obliged to spread and defend the faith by word and deed. So the catechism kind of lays it out there and helps us to understand this concept of confirmation. Now, right. I know there's a lot of people out there that think, well, you know, did you get all that stuff at your baptism? Yeah, you're right. You know, did, didn't you get everything you need? I mean, in fact, we, we teach as a church that once a person's baptized, I mean, if you were to like get hit by a bus, yeah. right, three seconds after your baptism, that pretty much you're, you're going straight to heaven because you've got everything you need. Sure. Right. You're They're a child with of all God. The charism, right. All, all, that. all the original sins gone. You're, you know, all any sins you've ever committed. Right. Are, are you know, washed away. Sure. In the waters of regeneration. Mm-hmm. You're born anew. Right. And exactly. so you're, you're prepared for that trip. Um, home to heaven right now that's if you get hit by a bus immediately after right. i mean i'm like literally after the water <laughs> after the priests you know and, and that and, and that would be a tragedy but it would be Go a ahead. blessing you know to go to heaven but point is a lot of people think well see didn't i get everything there in baptism right and what our catechism is helping us understand is that there's a completeness that comes by receiving all three of these sacraments of initiation okay right and that without all three that it's incomplete, exactly. essentially. Exactly. And, and think about it like this, the way I like analogies. And one of the analogies I would use is it's like coats of paint. Okay. Right? You know that baptism is that first coat of paint. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's the undercoating. It's the thing that prepares us. It orients us. It, it covers the wood nice mm-hmm. and smooth or whatever. And then, But if you get close, you'll start to see that the you'll still right, some imperfections, some holes maybe, some gaps in, in, in the paint. So a second coat is, is called for. Right. And then even a third coat to really just top it off, to, to finish it off. And perfect that's it. Perfect it. There you go. Right. And so that's where you see the true beauty that comes to us 
right, in, in, uh, in the sacraments of initiation, you realize the graces that come to these sacraments. Okay. We see that fully in confirmation. Okay. Now, it's, it's, it's sad, though, that people don't realize that confirmation is this thing, this, this completing uh, this completing nature that it is, yeah, uh, because a lot of people don't get it. Yeah, it's amazing to me the number of times I've, I've, through uh, anecdotally through RCIA programs or people who come for counseling or whatever. How, when I find out these folks that are having problems in their lives, problems in their marriage, they're having problems abounding in their lives, mm-hmm. and I find out they're not confirmed. How is that happening? Well, it's, you know, I think people slip through the cracks. Yeah. I think situations happen where, you know, you, you get baptized and people mean well and it's early on in their married life and they got their kid baptized and everything's great. And then a couple of years later, you know, at age seven, they, they... First communion. First communion and everything's looking good. Then all of a sudden some problems start. Life just well, happens. Life happens. Uh, spiritual problems, financial problems, psychological problems, mm-hmm. uh, problems, you know, get rid of things in, in history, you know, addictions, things start to happen to a marriage and marriages can, can break up or people can fall away from the church and then things kind of slip through the cracks, you know, yep. and the kids kind of get forgotten because typically in the United States, we'll wait until, you know, 14, 15 years old to right. confirm. Right. And a lot of stuff happens in a marriage, uh, unfortunately, in these days. Yep. When you have 50% divorce rate, you're having a lot of kids, you know, 50% of Catholic kids are being raised in single-parent homes or broken homes, mm-hmm. uh, pardon the expression, but essentially they're homes that are not the way they started, Yeah. right, by the time they're confirmed, if they get confirmed. And so I, I meet a lot of people that go through life without that confirmation. Yeah. And so we have to understand what is it we're missing out on, mm-hmm. right? And, that, and that's the key. That's the thing that so what we're going to talk about. But in that process of confirmation, when it's properly received, it, the ordinary minister of confirmation is the bishop. Right. Right. Now, he will uh, uh, allow priests in his diocese to do it when there's large numbers that are coming in, for instance, like at the Easter vigils, every Easter. Mm, right. Then, obviously, he will, he will give the authority to uh, the pastors of parishes to confirm in his name. Right. But, typically... You know, when the schools and all that stuff, all these these kids are coming in 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 their eighth grade, they're being confirmed. Then typically the bishop they'll go to the cathedral, right? Um, and and he will confirm. And what he does is he lays on hands, and mm-hmm. he does this to match the ancient biblical tradition, okay. right? We read about it in sacred scripture, mm-hmm. and he says the words, "Be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit," and he has this uh, oil that he anoints them with, right? And again, all that comes out of Scripture, and so we should talk a little bit about some of the Scriptures that help us to understand that this is not something, again, the Catholics made up. Right. Right? <laughs> we have to do that a lot. But um, the Holy Spirit we see in Scripture does seal us. Okay. And we get this expression from sacred Scripture. St. Paul loves the Holy Spirit. And St. Paul, in uh, the, the second letter to the Corinthians, in the first chapter, verses 21 and 22, he says, But it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has commissioned us. He has put his seal upon us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So we're sealed by God. Right. Right. And those are the words of the bishop. Be sealed with the Holy Spirit. We also hear that again in Paul's letter to the Ephesians in the first chapter. He says, In him you also who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it 
to the praise of his glory. There you go. Right? And then, of course, the first letter of John, chapter 2, we also read, But the anointing which you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you, as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. So here we hear the anointing, mm-hmm. right? John's talking about the anointing, and St. Paul is talking about being sealed. Right. So we see this sort of scriptural understanding that the Holy Spirit seals us, completes us, prepares us for life. Right. And all of the trials, all of the challenges, all the things that are going to confront us. And this is why it's very important that we are going to be confirmed. And also we see this image of the imposition of hands. Right. Right. We, we read that in uh, Acts chapter 19, verses 5 and 6. On hearing this, They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Hmm. Right. So we we see this in 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 scripture. Right. We know this to be uh, a beautiful thing. And then we also actually see some of the separation between baptism and confirmation. Okay. Which is interesting because a lot of people think, again, did I get all this at baptism? Did did everything I need? But. Here we read this in also in uh, the 8th chapter of Acts, verses 14 through 17. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For it had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hmm. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So they didn't rebaptize them. Right. Right? They laid their hands on them. They completed their initiation. Right. So the people of Samaria, they had, they had received the Lord in baptism. Right. They'd been baptized, mm-hmm. but Peter and John had to go and take care of business. Right. Right. And call down the Holy Spirit and confirm them. Yep. Now, they didn't use that wording. Right. But it wasn't long before we started understanding what this process was and seeing how important this was. In fact, we have some of our uh, some great church fathers. Okay, Saint Hippolytus of Rome, in 215 A.D. and um, he calls this the apostolic tradition. His writing here, and um, and he writes, the bishop imposing his hand on them shall make an invocation, saying, O Lord God, who made them worthy of the remission of sins through the Holy Spirit's washing unto rebirth, send into them your grace, so that they may serve you according to your will, for there is glory to you. To the Father and the Son, with the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Church, both now and through the ages of ages. Amen. Then, pouring the consecrated oil into his hand and imposing it on the head of the baptized, he shall say, I anoint you with the holy oil in the Lord, the Father Almighty, and Christ Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, signing them on the forehead. He shall kiss them and say, The Lord be with you. He that has been signed shall say, And with your spirit. Thus shall he do to each. So here's his his instruction. This is Saint Hippolytus, and in this 255. is two fifteen. Two fifteen. A. D. Two fifteen. I beg your pardon. This is early on in the church. Just a little. And they're already laying out the process for confirmation. Yeah. Right. And Saint Jerome, who gave us the the, the Vulgate, this uh, great and learned uh, doctor of the church, says, "Don't you know that the laying on of hands after baptism and then the invocation of the Holy Spirit is a custom of the churches." 
do you demand scripture proof? You may find it in the Acts of the Apostles, and even if it did not rest on the authority of scripture, the consensus of the whole world in this respect would have the force of a command, for many other observances of the churches, which are due to tradition, have acquired the authority of the written law. Right, he writes this against the Luciferians. He writes this against heretics who are having right. problems with some of these traditions, right. specifically right. anointing uh, of the sick and confirmation and these things where they're using these oils. But he talks about this confirmation here, mm-hmm. right after baptism. Right. So we see the necessity in Scripture for this. Yeah. Right. But there are problems, and we're going to talk about those problems when we come back. Right after this. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John, the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original 12 apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church. The heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the Church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, he was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part, along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said amen, his captor stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and we are talking about confirmation. 
and we were just we left for that commercial break. Didn't give our website. No, we oh we, we should Didn't do give that. Give email www.thecatholiccafe.com right and send me an email deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com so I've done that obligations done very good very good so now we told everyone there's problems there are so we want to talk about the problems well wait a second I thought this was the sacrament (laughs) there shouldn't be problems with the sacraments exactly the reality is the problems come when we don't choose to engage in the sacrament okay right now I mentioned Early on, talking to folks uh, through counseling, but also in RCIA programs and in various times of trouble in their mm-hmm. lives, mm-hmm. in folks coming to the Catholic Church when, when issues are, 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 you know, the world is railing against all the, the, the things that the Catholic Church teaches. Right. Right. Well, all these challenges that are coming forth, and I'm finding out more and more people are not confirmed. Okay. Well, this is the problem. The problem is, you know, God has all this grace he, he's pouring on you, mm-hmm. right? He wants to give you. And if, if, if grace is like rain, you know, pouring down, we're walking around with umbrellas. Right. Trying not to get wet. Right. Right. When in reality, what we need to do is we need to turn the umbrella upside down and start catching that exactly. grace. Exactly. Right. Catching the rain. Just get soaked in it. Yep. And And that's what's unfortunate about the situation with confirmation because a lot of people think it's like a, a social ritual. You know, you hear people having this idea about confirmation that it is in effect the same as now we we live in the in the Catholic cafe is in the bible belt right right we're in the buckle of the bible belt you're right about that right and so uh, in, in a protestant tradition when a person is somewhere of the age of reason but you know usually around between 10 and 15 years old right they make a profession of faith mm-hmm. and at that point in their life they you know, they come to know the Lord Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Right. Right. And so then they are a Christian at that typically, point. You're, you're that's exactly typically. Right. That's typically the experience. And a lot of Catholics, well-meaning, mm-hmm. but a lot of Catholics think, well, you know, confirmation is sort of like the Catholic equivalent to the Protestants, you know, coming to Jesus. Public profession. That, that really, the, the, it's, it's, a, it's a confirmation right. that you love Jesus or right. that you are a Christian. Right. When, in fact, that's not what it is. It's not okay. what the church teaches that it is. In fact, the way you know that is because, like, the Orthodox churches, mm-hmm. you know, the Eastern churches, the Eastern rites actually do the trifecta. When you're born, you get your uh, uh, baptism. You get baptism, and you get first Eucharist, and you get confirmation all in the same time. Wow. So we have infant confirmation. Okay. And even some churches in the, in the United States, some dioceses are now investigating and some have changed already the age of confirmation switching it from a a, a later age of say 14 or 15 Mm -hmm. right when they're in the eighth grade and moving it back to the time of first communion around seven the age of reason and the reason when you're doing you're getting both sacraments at the same time well roughly the same time that's right that's what they're doing and essentially what they're doing is they're they're trying to take this uh, this thought that this is like something that needs to be delayed and needs to you know come later. It's just a, it's like a public profession of faith, right? Because that's not what it is. Right. Things happen at confirmation. Right. And hopefully we've we've shown and we've talked about the fact that grace comes to you at confirmation. So the problem is when we try to try to go through life without it. I mean, imagine trying to live life without grace. A little bit of a challenge. Oh, it's, it's a, a bigger challenge. challenge. I mean, and essentially you're you're not ready. To live life if you don't have the sacrament of confirmation. You are not ready to go on your own as a Christian soldier. 
Right. Right? Without confirmation. Confirmation completes your training. Right. It's that third coat of paint. Final coat. It's, it perfects you mm-hmm. in the grace that you need to live your life yeah. fully. Now, of course, you need to continue on receiving grace. You need to continue to get anointing of the sick when you're, when, you're, when you're not well, either spiritually or physically. You need to continue to go to confession. Keep the umbrella open right. and upside down. Con- continue to get uh, the sacrament of Holy Eucharist. Right. Right? Daily if you can, because this is the grace that you're going to receive. But if you don't have the sacrament of confirmation, if you're listening to me now and you don't have that sacrament, you need to go and contact your local parish yep. priest, right? Find out about RCIA, go through the classes, get confirmed, and all of a sudden graces will pour into your life. Yep. And so we pro- probably should talk about some of those graces that come to you. Good idea. I mean, one of the things we talk about, and I try to help kids understand when I'm doing confirmation retreats, is we talk about the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, we've all heard that phrase, mm-hmm. and not all of us know what the seven gifts are, but we're going to talk about it real quick Great. and help people understand this is what you get when you get confirmed. Big deal. Right? So if you're a kid who, who's, who's thinking about being confirmed, mm-hmm. right, who's preparing for confirmation, look forward to this because this is going to be great. Yep. Right? And if you're also uh, an adult who's never been confirmed and you're going to go through the RCI process, this is what happens. Right. This is what these are the arrows that go in your quiver. This is okay. how you're going to deal with life. This is how you're going to defend yourself. So here are the seven gifts. The first one we're going to talk about is wisdom. Okay. Right. The gift of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Now, wisdom is cool because it's it's kind of like learning from experience. It's an idea of experience. Mm-hmm. Right. It helps you make decisions. It helps you know the right way. It helps you have the right demeanor. Mm-hmm. It helps you discern. Right. And so wisdom is that quality that you have uh, that comes with experience. Right. So you, you typically picture the, the old man with the gray hair. Right. Ah, he's got much lived experience. He's got yeah. great wisdom. Right? <laughs> right? Well, we all get a little gray hair when we get confirmed. That's good. We get wisdom. Right. Right? Think about it. Who, who would you rather be your pilot? Right? Would you rather have the gray-haired guy walking down the aisle, you know, with that nice cap on with the little uh, admiral suit as he's kind of heading down the aisle, right, towards the cockpit? That'd make you feel good. But it feels <laughs> like some young, pimply-faced kid... You know, playing a video game and he's on his way to the cockpit, you'd get a little nervous. Might exit. That's right. Well, the whole point is you see in him, you see that wisdom. Right. 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 And so that's the wisdom. We get that. Okay. That's what you get at confirmation. That's kind of nice. Need it. Understanding. Okay. Right. Understanding. That's that's the the, the concept of of comprehension. Okay. Right. It's not just knowing a thing. Mm-hmm. It's knowing why that thing is. Right. Right. You start to be able to see this big picture. Yeah. I mean, that's what understanding is. Yep. And so instead of just sort of watching the world go by, you're able to make sense of things. You're right. able to connect the dots. You're connecting things. And that's something that's another wonderful, beautiful gift that you get at confirmation. Mm-hmm. And what about counsel? Yep. Right. We hear about counsel, and counsel is an, another name for it. Uh, the modern name is right judgment. Right. Counsel helps you determine what's the difference between right and wrong. Right. Right. It's that ability to, you know, if you get wise counsel from someone, they're giving you advice mm-hmm. that's going to help you down the moral path, right? Right. And so counsel is another one of those beautiful gifts that you get at one of the seven gifts that you get at confirmation. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's knowledge. Now, a lot of people think, well, knowledge, I mean, that's just like, you know, the Encyclopedia Britannica sitting on your shelf. Mm-hmm. Well, that's nice to have the Encyclopedia Britannica on your shelf, but it's not in your brain. Right. It's not in your everyday life. You can consult it, 
right? But that's not knowledge when it's sitting on your shelf. Right. It's knowledge when it's in your mind, when it's in your brain. And and what it does is it it gives meaning to God, right? You see God in context, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not just sort of a list of facts, memorized prayers, right? It's having a contextual meaning for God. Right. Right. And it's all, it's in your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's all kind of rolling around there until the Holy Spirit causes you to bring something forward that you need. Yep. That's going to help you uh, in days coming forward. That's a great gift. You get that at confirmation. So here's another one fortitude. Right. The modern name is courage. Right. So in fortitude, we have, we have strength. Right. We're able to overcome fear and think about it. How many times in life do we go through life? Thinking, I just I'm not prepared for that. I'm scared of that. That that gives me fright. I, I don't want to stand up and say this. I don't want to do this thing. And w- with all with, the time with confirmation, mm-hmm. right? That fear can be alleviated, right? Because again, we see we have knowledge, we have counsel, we have understanding, we have wisdom, we have all these tools mm-hmm. of the trade mm-hmm. of confirmation. There errors in no quiver, as I said, as I said before. Right, right, and so fortitude. We have that courage, right, to be able to not like the cowardly line, but the courage that he so rich he desired. Right, right. We get yeah that confirmation, and then there's piety. Right, also called reverence, mm-hmm. and piety is just that, that that respect for God and His Church. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's essentially that you know we all live in this sort of quest for holiness. Mm-hmm. Piety is that continuing to seek the holy. Right. Right? And again, it contextualizes all the other gifts. Right. It sort of puts them in a holy framework, in a spiritual framework. And that gift of piety is something that's going to benefit us later in life as we move through life. Mm-hmm. Right? Seeking the right answer. Seeking the, the way to deal with problems that we're encountering. And piety is one of those gifts that we get that allows us to seek the spiritual, to seek God in the holy, the holy tabernacle of his church. Yeah. Right? And that, that's a gift that we're given. And then my favorite is fear of the Lord. Now, the, the, the modern name is wonder and awe. And that's all nice. But I like fear of the Lord. <laughs> it has a, has a nice ring to it. And fear of the Lord Why is, is just your favorite. It's just, you know, you realize that you are not God. Right. You are not God. Yeah. All right. We see the glory and the majesty of God in the fear of the Lord. We realize that we're not gods. Yeah. And that's important in life. It is. You're right. Because we all think we're gods. We do all these silly things because we think we don't need God. We can do it on our own. Yeah. And that's not it. You get these gifts. And these gifts are necessary, and it's a problem when we don't have them. Yeah. So let's pray that we all get these gifts of the Holy Spirit in confirmation and that we don't try to live our life without the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the gifts and blessings you have so richly bestowed upon us. We thank you especially for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Send down your Spirit upon us, we pray, to protect us, to inspire us, and to lead us into all truth. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.